0: Hello, I'm John Pollock, and welcome to our special post-wrestling presentation of The Man They Call Vader. On Monday night, several hours before millions of Americans would sit down for their weekly ritual of the WWE's Monday Night Raw program, the final breath withdrew from one of the industry's most seminal big men, an athlete that tore down borders with his aggressive style, adjusting to the many climates that wrestling occupies and finding success all over the world. On Monday, June 18th, The wrestling world lost Leon Vader White.
2: From Denver, Colorado, the first American to ever win the World Cup in Europe, former professional football player with the Los Angeles Rams. He weighs in at 370 pounds. Leon, ball power, white. Leon was a great player at Colorado. And Colorado, for years, was in the Big Eight Conference along with my Oklahoma Sooners. So Leon's uh, reputation as a big, strong uh, football player preceded the wrestling by years.
0: It's a cliche example: the football player that blows out a knee and sets out on the wild path labeled professional wrestling. After a year stuck in neutral, where Leon White nearly became the man they call a real estate agent, White ventured to Minnesota. And it's hardly a surprise that he was put into contact with Brad Rangans, a retired Greco-Roman wrestler that twice represented the U.S. at the Olympics and had a hand in training a wide array of athletes looking at professional wrestling as their second act. Rangans was the bridge between Leon White to professional wrestling. And in Minnesota, professional wrestling meant Vern Gagne and the AWA, And the birth of the baby bull.
2: Big Leon, baby bull, white. He weighs heavier than the earthquake. And look at the condition. He's tough and he's rugged. This man, Bell High School, Los Angeles, Big Eight, All American. He presses sports fans. Five, you weightlifters. Are you ready? 550. Warm up.
0: 550. A constant throughout White's career was his ability to travel and adapt. If there was a promoter that would be sold on White's 8x10 alone, it would be Catch Wrestling Association promoter and star attraction Otto Vons. White was quickly exported for the world to see, and it opened eyes in a hurry. By 1987, Leon White was being sought after by New Japan Pro Wrestling, with his contractual rights obtained by the promotion with big plans. Enter Big Van Vader and his iconic appearance. Chris Charlton is a Japanese historian and author of Eggshells: Pro Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome.
3: Vader was coming in as kind of the the ringer. He'd been built up for a while um, as part of like the the Takeshi Pro Wrestler Gundam. And, like Takeshi Pro Wrestler Gundam was, if you're familiar with. Uh, who beat Takeshi as the, the movie director and the sort of comedian? Big Van Vader was, was being hyped um, by, by Master Saito for, for quite some time, and, and Saito had suggested Vader. The the original uh, gimmick was um, supposed to go to, to Jim Hellwig, and like Hellwig got picked up by the WWF.
0: Jordan Breen is the host of The Jordan Breen Show on Between Rounds Radio.
1: If Jim Hellwig had ended up going to New Japan Pro Wrestling and being Big Van Vader, it's just big van vader those three words or maybe even just the five letters vader they would mean something different entirely to us
3: that's what led to uh, big van vader debuting in sumo hall on december the 27th i believe it was uh, 1987 you know he comes out at the end after the main event gets changed on them about two or three times and the crowd is already pissed off with the Takeshi uh, gundan angtex and then finally, here, here comes Vader, this, uh, this very imposing guy uh, in this big sort of, almost like a steampunk-like like mask. I pray
1: to God that there's someone out there that has copped that original or one of the original Mastodon hoods. That is the, for me, that is the greatest piece of pro wrestling year in the history of time. Like, nothing tops that for me.
3: And he beats Inoki in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, yo Inoki had already wrestled a tag match so the, you know, he had to sort of get out there
1: He hadn't even wrestled for New Japan yet That's, like, that's insane
3: And they rioted um, including uh, setting, setting a light to, to the cushions that they had on, on the ground and, and throwing them at the ring um, It was quite an ugly scenario
1: Like Inoki just lasted like four minutes and got completely crushed like this Pardon me? Why? How? Let's start throwing chairs at each other.
3: They hustled Vader out to a waiting car, and it was, uh, in many ways, the, the right kind of heat, the wrong kind of heat, and uh, literal heat um, from the fire that, that was being started in the crowd.
0: They would eventually return to the venue in 1989, but that same year saw the opening of Japan's newest stadium, the Tokyo Dome, and it would be New Japan that would present the first wrestling card on April
2: 24th, 1989.
3: <音楽><音楽><音楽><音楽>
0: On that night, it was Big Van Vader who defeated Masahiro Chono, Tatsumi Fujinami, and Shinya Hashimoto to become the first U.S.-born IWGP heavyweight champion with his first of three reigns as champion.
3: Yeah, I mean, he had that that big impact from the debut, and then he was able to build on that through, through 88 to the point where um, people bought into him as, okay, he is the uh lead lead foreign monster you know at this point where um you know where foreign monsters were very very highly regarded vader
0: had become such an international star that navigated several major promotions including a period in late 1989 where he held the iwgp heavyweight title for new japan the catch wrestling association heavyweight title in austria and germany and became the uwa heavyweight champion in mexico As White entered the decade of the 90s, it was only a matter of time before one of the major U.S. promotions would come calling, and it was World Championship Wrestling. As Jim Ross recalls, there was one specific match that caught the eye of their booking committee.
2: When I saw the tape of he and Stan Hansen, where Hansen popped Leon's eye.
1: When I got to a point where I actually had 28.8 or 56K internet, I can remember finally thinking oh my god now I can watch the video where Vader's eye pops out of its socket Uh,
2: and I watched that whole match and I know Joe Quentin and I were on that booking committee together I think at that time and uh, both of us looked at other tapes probably the only guys on the committee that did it in in those days like
1: this is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life this dude's eyeball just came out of his head and keep in mind He's wrestling Stan Hansen. There is no quarter. The roar of that crowd when Vader tears his mask off because he literally can't stand the pain from the leather pushing back against his cheekbone and against his orbital socket knocked me over with a feather.
3: 単半戦カウント 200km 200km
1: that is one of the best crowd reactions I've heard to anything. That that crowd reacts as though, you know, the rapture had happened.
2: And we were just fascinated. So, you know, we made a play for them. And hey, look, they've been on the road. They've been traveling internationally. They had a chance to come home, have a base at home, sit in their bed more often than not, etc., etc. And so we, we got them. His opponent making his debut in World Championship Wrestling
1: from parts unknown, weighing 399
3: pounds, Big Ben Vader.
0: Five months after the bout with Hansen, Vader debuted for World Championship Wrestling in July at the Great American Bash. As he attempted to balance commitments between the two, WCW didn't go all the way with Vader until he focused full-time on WCW.
2: You may be cock of the walk throughout the British Isles and Europe, but you have not been introduced to the House of Pain and the man that owns the house. Oh yeah, Davy boy, take a look at the man, take a look at the king of the world, take a look at the heavyweight champion of the world. And even though we walk Through the valley of the WCW, we have no fear because we own the valley. Every wrestler that steps in the ring with Big Van Vader has to pay with their blood, sweat, and their tears. And brother, let me tell you, you too must pay with your blood, sweat, and your tears.
0: Through the pairing with multiple-time NWA champion Harley Race as his manager, Vader became the top heel in the company in quick fashion. At a time when business was dismal and the air was out of the sails at WCW, Vader infused energy wherever he was on the card, through sensational matches with the likes of Sting, Ric Flair, and Cactus Jack, to name a few. Sting trying to pick it up! Oh, big move by Sting! Get the big man off his feet! That
2: was a great martial arts move by Sting! He got the big man off his feet! Caught him again! And Vader down! He caught him right in the face with
0: his foot. And Sting takes the big man down on two consecutive offensive moves.
2: Sting and Leon had a uh, real unique dynamic. You had everything in place to draw money.
1: Those are the best matches of Sting's entire career. Sting is still working to this goddamn day. His best matches came in 1991 and 1992. With Big Van Vader,
2: because Sting was the classic uh, babyface that knew how to sell. He was over; the people cared about him, which is the main thing. The audience cared about him, and I think they generally felt uh, that he was in peril. He was in jeopardy stepping in the ring against Leon, and quite frankly, he might have been.
0: Vader always wore the rep of someone that each opponent knew who they had been in the ring with, leaving a piece of themselves in the ring that night. The physicality displayed came through the screen, contributing to the aura that Vader commanded, regardless of WCW's bizarre ideas.
2: Stinger! Vader! Nice place
3: you have here. Reminds me of your personality. Cold. Very funny, Sting. <laughs> What's up? You're here to accept the challenge of Vader. Ready to play the game? You
2: know what a strap match is? Well, I'm going to show you Vader's style. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to emphasize Vader's bargaining power, while with WCW, he was able to strike a deal with the UWFI organization in Japan, leading to a major stadium showdown in December of 1993 against Nobuhiko Takata.
3: WCW had the the New Japan relationship, but Vader was able to take on his his own bookings with with UWF because the, you know he was one of the the few people. Uh, Vader was like that. The Steiner's were like that. Hogan was like that. Um, that were able to sort of control their own bookings when it when it came to Japan. So here's this. A uh, guy that everybody had assumed was a New Japan guy when it came to when it came to Japan, and here he is for UWF. It really speaks to how good of a performer he was that he was able to fit into uh, that environment. I think
0: the WCW champion Vader submitted to Takata at Jingu Stadium just weeks before he would headline WCW's signature event, Stargate. The tide of WCW took a big turn in 1994 with the signing of Hulk Hogan, one year removed from his exit from the World Wrestling Federation, and keeping his name around in wrestling through sporadic dates with New Japan before signing an incredibly lucrative deal with WCW. The early Hogan era of WCW is one of the most pathetic, sad,
1: schizophrenic, politically motivated eras it could possibly
0: inhabit. Vader was the natural rival for Hogan, a program that wrote itself and a pattern that Hogan dined on throughout the decade of the 80s and into the 90s. It was a visual story that jumped off the screen with the mere sight of the two nose to nose. However, this wasn't to be, as the two had a program marred by directionless booking, ego-appeasing finishes, and a reluctance to let Vader be Vader. If that's seven or eight years
1: earlier... I think Hogan probably braves it out and has like an incredible run with Vader and they probably have like a Wrestlemania match and it's
0: probably going to be one of the best Wrestlemania main events ever. By the summer of 1995, Vader seemed out of favor and a backstage brawl with Agent Paul Orndorff sealed Vader's fate as WCW was out of the big Van Vader business. It only seemed logical where Leon White would land.
2: It. Has completely lost it. It. Completely losing it i was very excited to bring leon to wwe with our talent relations team we all all the guys that were there in that regard that had product knowledge and they and some of the creative people had uh you know leon was again that perceived as a good get you know he was a big rugged heel that was easy to cast in a scenario he had Cornett as his manager, it's like Brock Lesnar having Paul Heyman.
0: And Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, this
1: Sunday in Vancouver at the International Incident, we're going to get a lot of shots in. Because you see this man right here, Ahmed? He's the only man that's ever beat you, pinned your shoulders to the mat. One, two, three. The man they call Vader, he's the heavy hitter.
0: The reputation of Bader preceded him. He was known as a guy that had incredible athletic gifts, but he let everything count in the ring, and key people in positions of power were not going to open the necessary doors for a smooth transition.
2: Leon was a big, rugged, uh, physical guy, obviously. Uh, he knew that him to be a finesse guy, would, people would laugh at it. He'd never get over it. So he had to bring his bring his business, you know, and and he worked very snug.
0: Bret Hart worked alongside Leon White in 1996 and 97 in the World Wrestling Federation.
2: You know, he always had that reputation for being a guy that was quite physical in the ring. Well, I know uh, Shawn Michaels uh, had problems with him for being too stiff and too dangerous in the ring. And, uh, you know, some people like it, some people don't. But it was never that big of an issue for me. I, I was comfortable
0: with uh, both styles. A scheduled run with the title was rescinded. And it was Psycho Sid that got the run with the championship before the end of the year. Swapping it back and forth with Shawn Michaels.
2: I made the biggest mistake of my life. A train, look at me, I'm so big! Maybe it's... Maybe Vader time's over. I'm nothing but a big piece of shit. A big, fat piece of shit! Well, oh!
0: Vader never acclimated well with the World Wrestling Federation. He was not aligned politically, he was north of 40, the wear and tear on his body was catching up, as were the numbers on the scale.
2: You know, he played football and he played in the NFL and big time college football, strong style in Japan. You know, uh, he didn't, again, he's not a finesse guy. And I think that's that Leon's injury started catching up with him there. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, Leon, we had issues with his weight, But Yoko in as well. And it wasn't because we were trying to fat shame anybody. We're, we're at the point where they, we couldn't get him licensed. And if you can't get licensed in one state, the other athletic association is. Uh, athletic uh, commissions wouldn't let you work so I, I remember sending both Leon and uh, uh, Yoko Zuna to the Duke uh, weight loss clinic at Duke University in North Carolina I got this first report and they come back and they're there, I think they about a week at that time and they had gained weight gained weight and so I, upon further review we did some of the, one of these CSI investigations and we found out that they were sneaking out at night going
0: by the middle of 1998 vader was done with the company he was at a low point of his career the u.s wrestling scene had not embraced vader the past few years and he looked abroad it was shohei giant baba owner and promoter of all japan pro wrestling that recruited white with the hopes of getting one more run out of the character that still carried weight within the country
3: When Vader comes on, this guy who's worked for New Japan, worked for UWF, and then UWF sort of segued into New Japan. And then Vader worked uh, that great match in 1996 with Anoki. So still the fan perception is he's a New Japan guy if he's, if he's in Japan. So then when he comes into All Japan, here that, that breaking down of the walls instantly gains more credibility because they're not getting um just anybody from abroad, they're, they're getting a, a big name like Vader uh, to come in and he was uh, he was fantastic in that in that role.
2: I love being back in Japan. I love wrestling for this company because the best competitions here. but you hear the fans. they understand about wrestling. you know we, 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 we go out there, sure to entertain, but we go out there to fight. and the ja- Japanese fans they understand. they know the difference. If the American wrestlers come over here, WWF, WCW, these fans will laugh at them. It's a soap opera, it's a cartoon. We fight, they understand that, and we appreciate that.
3: And. Um I think very much understood the All Japan House style, as well as the New Japan House style, um, and how different they, they were uh, at the time. And uh, yeah, just some of those performances uh, with Kapashi and, and with Misawa on the uh, the Giant Bubba memorial show in, in the Tokyo Dome is, is one of my favorites to, to watch. Yeah, a fantastic stretch.
0: It led to one of the great runs of his career having classic matches with Kenta Kobashi, Mitsuharu Misawa, Akira Tawe, headlining the Tokyo Dome, winning the Champion Carnival Tournament, and the Triple Crown Championship on two occasions, becoming the first wrestler to have held the Triple Crown and IWGP Heavyweight titles during his career. Vader was part of the mass exodus of talent led by Mitsuharu Misawa in the spring of 2000 to depart All Japan Pro Wrestling with the formation of Pro Wrestling NOAH, where he would remain until 2003. Vader continued to wrestle into his 60s, limited by his age and a variety of ailments, the biggest being issues with his heart. He was diagnosed with congenital heart failure in 2016, being told he had two years to live. He underwent open heart surgery this past March and another procedure for an irregular heartbeat in May before contracting pneumonia. He died at the age of 63.
3: You'd have a hard time thinking of someone that, that worked in such diverse places with such diverse opponents and in such diverse styles if he'd have come on just a hair earlier he would have been a huge crossover mainstream star and and he would be remembered by non-fans in the same breath as as stan hansen
0: there are many ways people will memorialize and remember the life of leon vader white he was a world traveler and understood how to get over in so many places taking his style and customizing elements to the demands of the audience in that part of the world as a man that would tip the scales at over 400 pounds during his career, yet incorporated moonsaults, he was one of the best to do it, and set a template for future big men as the demands of the in-ring style escalate on a yearly basis.
2: You know, I think most wrestlers got along pretty well with him. He had, a, I think, he had a temper, but it only came out when he got real mad about something. And uh, again, he wouldn't—he was not the kind of guy you wanted to get mad very often. He was—he was a big, tough, rugged guy.
1: He worked every single style of contemporaneous pro wrestling that you could possibly ask of someone. He starts in Fern Gagne's AWA? You want me to do some arm drags? and You want me to do some hammer locks? No problem.
2: Out of Colorado, Holder. Yeah. Clems on a side headlock. gaining oh. more confidence all the time in his wrestling ability. He's not been wrestling that long, but when he, you give him another one or two more years, and this man may be
1: a world champion himself. I'm gonna go to CWA. You want me to work quasi catch wrestling? No problem. But a tremendous start for ball power. He seems hyped up well beyond anything I've seen from him before.
2: Well, I've never seen anything like this. I spoke to this guy in Denver before he left America, and he said that he's never been fitter than he is now. And I tell you what. That is one awesome character in there. You want me to
1: go to UWFI? Yeah, I got shoot style on lock. Oh,
2: what? It's
1: 1992? I saw the great Muda do a moonsault on uh, cable television. I'm 400 pounds. You want me to do a moonsault? No problem. they for him to go to the top. He's going to do it. Vader on the top rope now. No. Look
2: out. A salt!
1: This dude did everything. Watching Vader rip that mask off, that reaction, kiss the fingers. Couldn't do it better.
2: He was never dull. And he was a handful sometimes. But, you know, he was... But when it was game time, game time, nut-cutting time, uh, Big Van Vader was always front and center.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this post-wrestling presentation of The Man They call Vader. A special thank you to Bret Hart, Jim Ross, Chris Charlton, Jordan Breen, and Wei Ting for their assistance with this special.